0: I'm making you both my students from this day forward! Oh, yeah. Here goes! Oh, my dear Goku. I can't let you hurt people! It's real! My turn! Awesome! Oh, me, me! no! Wait a second! Ha! I just love fighting!
1: Welcome to another day, another adventure—a Dragon Ball podcast dedicated to covering every Dragon Ball cartoon ever. I'm your host Colton, and uh, with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host Sakaki. How's it going, bud? It's going good. Going good. All right. And uh, with us on this episode of the podcast is actually our—I think our our fourth special guest uh, in a row, which is which is really cool. Joining us for this episode of the podcast is none other than CJ from Toonami Faithful. How's it going, CJ?
2: It is awesome. I am so excited to talk about the OG Dragon Ball. Well, the best Dragon Ball, by the way. I, I don't care what anyone says. OG Dragon Ball, best Dragon Ball, don't at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, look, as as much as I like all, well, I was going to say I like all Dragon Ball, but that, uh, that also includes GT, and I don't know if I really want to have that <laughs> on the record. <laughs> I will put it on record. I like GT. Oh, boy. See this is a whole other thing but i've i've said so before but like gt's gonna be the challenge that's gonna be that's gonna be the portion of the podcast where i'm gonna see how long i could stay awake i've actually fallen asleep through gt (laughs) that's really funny
0: actually
3: i i have very selective memories of gt so that's gonna be interesting to experience that's I, I mean, I've i said it on our premiere, on our one of the past episodes, where we talked about our Dragon Ball Origins. But uh, yeah, I never saw Z in Japanese, but I saw portions of GT in Japanese, which is interesting. <laughs>
1: but yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. But as far as what we're covering on this episode of the podcast, uh, we're still going through the original Dragon Ball from 1986. And we, we are at the start of the 21st Budokai Tenkaichi Tournament uh, covering episodes 20 through 22. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get into the tournament stuff. Um, but before we even get into any of that stuff, obviously we have a new guest and I do want to talk with CJ about his history with the franchise in a second. But even before that, I told Sakaki off mic already, but we got our first email. We finally did it. Yo. And I'm really excited. Um, so here, why don't we why don't we just go ahead and read this email that we got about episode two of the podcast in particular from Super Saiyan God SS Gogeta, uh, in which they say, "I don't think that Goku not liking bread was the hardest thing to believe for me. It was Bulma just straight up accepting that boys have tails without even questioning it." And you know what? I disagree on two fronts. One, I disagree that Goku not liking bread isn't shocking and should it be worth uh, some kind of judgment. And two, um, I think we actually even talked about this on episode two of the podcast, that um, when Bulma finds out that Goku has a tail, she's pretty, like, shocked. Like, her entire understanding of the male anatomy, like, comes into question.
3: <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, she she kind
3: of just goes with it. But yeah, she does have that initial, like, what? I thought, I under-
1: okay, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I guess you, you could argue, like how fast maybe she gets over it but i personally i don't think it's fair to say like she doesn't question it at all because she clearly does <laughs> yeah she does question it but yeah i, I
3: do get what they're saying you know Gojita saying that it's just like wow she didn't question it after that but i i kind of like that aspect of her character where she's like really flirtatious but she really doesn't know how men work <laughs> so
0: <laughs> uh,
1: um <laughs> But anyway uh, a- again I, s- I still think that Goku not liking bread is like the worst thing on planet Earth. I'm sorry I just <laughs> oh, no. I just I just don't agree with Goku. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be real here for a second. I genuinely think that conversation we had probably makes that episode like the first real good episode of the podcast. I'm not even gonna lie
3: I agree I, I agree with you like I mean, It takes more than just recapping the episodes and being like, yeah, I like it. I didn't like this. Like those real conversations, even the inane ones like that are what make this show fun to do, I think. Oh man.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, th- th- that was like the first real, like, funny conversation I think we had. I think that was, I-, I, look, I re listened to the podcast way more than I'd like to admit, actually, which I think is just the, I think it's just a good sign that I, I really like the show that we're doing. Like, this is, this is kind of my new passion project at the moment. So, you know, I can't really like say enough how much I really enjoyed doing the show so far. Um, and, I guess we can uh, we can just go ahead and um, finally start talking to CJ and uh, maybe having our listeners get to know him a bit. And CJ, I'm going to start off with uh, with probably a stupid question, considering that you are a part of Toonami Faithful, um, because, again, as I've said before, um, Dragon Ball is a weird franchise where I'm going to say 90 percent of the people who are into it have gotten into it the same way. And so um, starting off with my very stupid question in this instance uh Did you get into Dragon Ball through Toonami, and if not, how did you?
2: It was through Toonami. Um, Okay,
1: see, that's what I thought.
2: Yeah, I was very late to it because I didn't have Cartoon Network until, uh, I want to say, back when Toonami had uh, Yu Hakusho, uh, 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 the small Gundam, the Chibi Gundam, SD Gundam, Uh, that's when I was like really kind of getting into the whole, oh my God, because before the only experience to anime I had was what was on Kids WB with like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh card captors, and then some Fox Kids block with like Metabots. And I enjoyed it. Like it it was really wild to me. And then all of a sudden, uh, a lot of uh, people were talking about Dragon Ball Z and I'm just like, oh, I thought I I have a feeling I probably mistaken it with Double Dragon, if you know that. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Everyone's like, oh no, it's this cool show on Cartoon Network, you should check it out. And I was like, Okay. And so I, I watched it and I was like, oh wow, this is vastly different. And then like I was rewatching the I think first arc actually when Goku fights off Raditz and Vegeta. And I was like, How are they gonna stop Vegeta? Holy cr-. like, it was just blown blew me away. Um and so that was probably when I was like really getting into the whole Dragon Ball franchise when <laughs> Uh, I was first exposed to it more so. So it was first Dragon Ball Z that I was exposed to when it came to the franchise as a whole. But man, I feel so like upset at myself not realizing that there was a quote-unquote prequel to it. And it's just... It blew me away the type of flavor and kind of pizzazz that the original Dragon Ball had compared to Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is good. I like the grit. I will always love the majin Buu arc probably more than most people but um (laughs) the dragon ball flair and comedy that like kind of combine together to make this really organic type of thing that i just i don't get to really see as much because i feel a lot of other shows try to copy that same type of style where oh yeah we'll have action but we actually have a lot of comedy in it too i feel like dragon ball was kind of the starting point of when shows were trying to do that so that was my first exposure to it and it, and yes it it was through Toonami while it a little bit backwards but um I'm very thankful that I was able to kind of catch on uh despite how late I actually was on the bandwagon for it
1: mm-hmm. no no that that is, that is really cool um but yeah I guess with introductions out of the way we can uh we can get right into the episodes and uh we're gonna start off with episode 20 and once again, I am very excited to finally get into the tournament, because I think I said it a lot last episode, but I so I, I said last episode that I, I want to get to like the good stuff, or I should say the even better stuff. And you know what? I feel bad saying that, because every time I revisit the 21st Tenkaichi Tournament, I always forget about the quarterfinals, I guess that's what they would be called. Uh, and that's not, I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I think they're bad or anything, because I don't think they are. But I, I always forget that like it takes a it kind of takes a little bit for me to kind of get into the tournament a little bit. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I really don't think it's until what we're gonna be covering next episode with uh Goku's fight against Giron. I think that's when I start to get a little more excited. Um for, for, for now, like everything beforehand that we're covering on this episode, again, is not bad, but and I I actually, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but um again, it's basically the second half of the tournament that I think is like the best part, personally. I, I don't I don't know how you guys feel.
2: Uh I just I just love tournaments. <laughs> I'll let Sakaki go after that, but that's I totally just fair. I it's it's like the quote from episode twenty i just love fighting yes (laughs) right so
3: so that reminds me of when we like you asked me for my favorite toonami bumper and that was it just the the two monks and it's like i i forget how the whole bumper goes but it's like of course you know the tsunami things they show a bit of the episodes they show you know the things that get you into it and then i just remember it ending with those two monks and then it's just one monk saying i just love fighting and that's that bumper's always stuck with me, um, but yeah, for me, I like the whole, I like this whole thing, this whole part too, simply because I think it showcases just what makes Dragon Ball special compared to Z. Is that it's almost like it knows that it it's a martial arts tournament, but it's also got still got this like element of silliness to it too. Like some of the fight, I guess you could say that, uh, like for example, Krillin's fight, which we'll talk about. Yeah, there was martial arts in it, but it was more of a gag fight. And, like, I just dig that whole, like, aura of, like, yeah, there are cups here, but it's still just a whole bunch of silly gags and everything, and that's how they win.
2: Right, and it, it, I look at it that way as a sense of, like, it gives you the complete package, right? Like, I think with Dragon Ball Z, we kind of go into more of a very, like, aggressive kind of tone with this. And here, like, you have Goku and Krillin as kids... And they're just playing around and yet they're winning too. And they make it in a more entertaining comedic and not necessarily wholesome, but you've just like, yeah, I can get behind them. They, they were so easy to root for from their elimination matches uh, before they got to the quarterfinal. Cause it's just all of a sudden you see Goku just do a finger of doom kind of poke, like you saw in WCW and it's like, it knocks someone out completely. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Yeah, that's how we win. Okay. I, I can dig it.
1: See, I don't, I don't know, CJ, when I see Goku and Krillin, Hopping up and down, hugging each other, and being all happy that they won their fights or whatever. I I don't know. I, I would I would consider that the epitome of
2: wholesome. That's just that's just my opinion. <laughs> I would have to agree, and it's it's cute too because like you have all these big burly like fighters, and then there's just these two like they look like babies. I know they're not, but they <laughs> I look mean, like babies. I mean, compared. Yeah. No,
3: Toriyama's art style lends itself to that because I remember one during one match they they say Krillin's age, and I'm like, no. He's not thirteen. You're lying to me. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's like lying. he's like six or something. Yeah, he's, like, he's a toddler. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and yeah, he's a little
1: bald toddler.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, when they say that, I'm just like, no. And it's easy to forget just because of the way they're drawn that they are teenagers, actually. So, yeah, it, it, it is, I agree with Colton that it is really wholesome to see that, especially like, um, since we were in the episode already, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I do like that at first, like when Goku wins his match with the, the, the Poke of Doom, <laughs> that, He's like, huh, we're, we're, we're maybe a little kind of strong. Krillin, maybe we should dial it back. And then, like, those guys are making fun of Krillin, and then he's like, fucking kill them! But you just said, you just said, bro, we shouldn't know. You should just kill them. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna talk, they're not gonna talk trash about my bro, and we're just gonna let them go. No, fucking kill them. <laughs> and I just, I just love that, like, because normally Goku's very kind of, like, oblivious. First of all, that scene where he's kind of like, maybe I shouldn't you know fight so hard i could hurt somebody it's like that that whole scene was just really interesting to me because you never really see goku like that he's always like full throttle i'm about to throw hands with you <laughs> but or eat yeah, or eat there you go i mean even he <laughs> is eating he does that full throttle <laughs> but like for him to have that kind of be like wow maybe maybe i'm kind of too strong and you know him trying to tell convey that to krillin and, and that whole change of thing just because that's his buddy like, you don't trash his buddy. And that, to me, was... It was funny, just because of the whole turn. Then he became... He went back to being Goku. But it was also wholesome, because he was just like, yeah, I
2: mean, you're my friend. You you can beat those guys. <laughs> And I actually forgot too that like Bulma and them weren't actually supposed to see it. So like them getting a chance even after Krillin breaks a hole through the wall with someone's body, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just casually like, oh yeah, we just murdered a guy, kicked him all the way through a wall. Okay, so I I need to talk about both these things real quick. So for,
1: first off, um, I have thoughts on like some of the Bulma stuff, and I'll I'll get back to that in a second. But uh, just going back to Goku's first fight with um a big big strongman totally not voiced by Daisuke Gori um i can't imagine like what's worse like tripping out of the ring by accident or having this small
2: kid just tip you over without even trying the second it's the second for me cuz like a <laughs> slip like you can understand it like it's bad luck right I mean, you can get that in, like, a Pokemon game when someone triple protects when it's like, that shouldn't even be allowed. And so, like, a slip is kind of like, okay, like, you should have won, but, you know, you're counting your chickens before they hatch kind of thing. It happens. But the fact that it was tipped over by a literal child <laughs> and one that looks like a literal child and you're like that big dude. No, nah, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to be a farmer now. I'm out
1: I'm of here. He's, he's, he's not going to live that down.
2: No. no. And, it, and
3: the thing about <laughs> it is, too, that it was done in such a way that... You know, even Goku didn't realize it. I mean, some of the people were there were like, did he trip? Did he, did he, what, what happened? That was such bad luck. And then like, I just wonder if he realizes that's what happened. <laughs> but it, it, it feels like it's a thing that probably which has got to be even worse because it's one thing if you think you tripped and it's like damn you know that sucks but i can go back to the next boot kyle just wear better shoes or something <laughs> but, <laughs> but then if it's like you realize that this kid tapped you and that was enough to send you i mean yeah i, I would be like a cj like nah
1: he just like goes home uh he gets into a depressive slump uh, he starts drinking his wife leaves him uh <laughs> just just like just like his whole life falls apart <laughs>
2: Oh man! Oh, I hope he comes back next next tournament, please. I don't need to see that.
3: Colton so just established lore for this one character, and now I'm rooting for
1: him. Oh man! Um, but okay, so at the risk of kind of bringing down the mood a little bit, I'm I'm sorry ahead of time, but I do want to kind of get this out of the way because it was my least favorite part of episode twenty, um, and and something that like almost made me consider like. Huh, should I put this in my list of least favorite Dragon Ball episodes? Um, But, so, here's the thing. Like, I realize they have to, like, pad out these episodes because, obviously, if you adapt the manga straight, like, you're gonna get through a lot of this material super fast. And we talked about that a lot throughout the podcast so far. But... You know, honestly, if they needed a way to pad out episode 20 in particular and m- make the prelims like an entire episode, like, I, like at first I was kind of bothered by it, but then I kind of understood why. Like, it like it bothered me at first, but then I kind of got over it, basically. um, But I don't know. I really kind of thought all the stuff with Bulma trying to, like, look into the room to try to watch the prelims and, like, standing on top of Oolong and then Oolong trying to look up through a skirt – which you know that that's like a whole other thing, you know. But like then it like escalates into this thing where like, uh, she falls over, poirs all over her face, her legs are just wide open, and like it's not a it, like it's not enough for Oolong to get a peek. But then you just have like this group of guys come out of nowhere to watch this underage girl, and all I could think is all these guys need to be put on a watch list, like. <laughs> I will never trust any of them, you know? Like, that stuff really kind of soured me almost on this entire episode, but that's just me.
2: No, 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 and I totally agree with that, too, because I kind of forgotten about that, because a lot of that type of quote-unquote humor, A, was obviously a product more of the time that it was written, and also... You don't really see that a lot in like DBZ or even like GT or Super or any of that kind of stuff. And it you're right cuz I see that and I'm just like I don't need that. I already know like like Bulma is an attractive uh woman, especially as she gets older and things along those lines. And it's one of those things where it was a little too drawn out. Mm-hmm. And like obviously I'm not necessarily going to need jokes like that anymore i think if i was like maybe 13 i would be like ah look at that she's she forgot to like put wear pants or, you know what i mean like mm-hmm, yeah. but it's one of those kind of things where it's like it, it's it just didn't age well obviously and it's my parts that i really enjoy with bulma is like when she's cheering on her boyfriend when her puara and oolong get to actually see the prelims and cheer on all three of them not just yamcha right and then like to pat it out with a very cheesy tropey like hey we get to see all this it's just like "Mm, do we do we have to do we really have to like
1: like it just it just got needlessly creepier as like that stuff went on like i personally would have been fine if like we just had that one joke where one of them comes flying and breaks through the wall and then oolong's like okay fine i'll turn into a ladder so you can see and then the joke is Oh, uh, we. I don't need it because there's a whole... There. Like, I would have been fine if it was, like, just that one scene. Because I think that one little joke on its own, I think, could have actually been a little funny. But, like, I, I really feel like you didn't need all that other stuff beforehand. Like, if you... Again, if you needed a way to pad out the episode, like, I kind of wish they found another way to... I don't know. That's just me personally.
2: No, I see what
1: you're saying. But I, I, I also understand... Again, not that it like makes it any better, but like I do understand. Like I don't know, it's it's Dragon Ball. Like you kind of expect that sort of stuff, especially from early Dragon Ball. But it's it's just unfortunately one of those things that again just doesn't really like feel right nowadays. You know, it it, it hits different.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a great way of putting it too. Because you look back at some like older shows and they have these types of like jokes and tropes where you kind of like wow, really? That did not age well. Why did we think that was like the thing that we wanted back in the day when it's just like, and we'll obviously get onto this earlier where it's like, oh, there's other ways you can kind of add this type of element that isn't necessarily in a way that makes people feel super uncomfortable. And it still might in a sense because I feel like Dragon Ball is very in your face when it comes to their type of, um, gags. So I think that's why it also feels a little more uncomfortable because, you know, even with it's more mundane and tamer jokes, it's like in your face and you're like, Oh, I get it. And then all of a sudden it goes to something like what was going on with Bulma in this episode. And you're just like, oh, this is the dark side of it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Because it's it's consistent throughout the entire series. It's just some, you probably wish that it wasn't kind of on that front. No, yeah, exactly. Um, Unfortunately,
1: this also just makes me think about the time when I tried to show Dragon Ball to my now ex-girlfriend. And uh, this is one of the, I, I think we got to the end of the tournament. So we did watch this episode together. And it's just one of those things where I'm just thinking back like, Man, I had no self awareness back then, did I? Like, (laughs) it's just, yeah, it's it's like that one clip from Sailor Moon where you think about where you think about that one thing you did
2: like years ago, and you're just like, oh no, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I had I had a similar type of kind of fear when I showed my family konosuba, so I totally get what you're saying.
3: (laughs) Oh, spoiler!
2: They actually liked it, so yeah, that's good. I mean, yes.
3: I, I mean, yeah. I guess for just for me, I, I agree with you guys. Like a lot of this stuff doesn't age well. And while, I mean, I hate to make it sound like I don't I'm, I'm excusing it. I guess it doesn't. How do I put this? Because there's no way to sound to say what I'm about to say without sounding like some kind of super villain.
2: <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, I, do you want, do you want a lifeline, Sakaki? I can give it to you. It's funny,
0: actually.
3: I'm no,
2: Sakaki. I didn't. <laughs> I'm actually bacterian, so
1: I enjoyed this. <laughs> okay, no. okay, but like when you visited, you didn't smell that bad at all. I could I could, I could say that after seeing you in person. Uh, you know, no. Well, it's, that's because I turned up evolution every time I farted.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> but no, like uh, it's a thing where it's just like I guess. Maybe it's just because I like grew up watching those types of shows and everything like that, that I have a kind of desensitization towards it. Cause like I That's didn't fair. even, I didn't even notice it until like I watched it a second time, um, for, you know, the show. I watched it one time just while I was working and, you know, I was listening to it. And then the second time I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, that, I mean, you really didn't need that scene. Like if it just, even if the, if you absolutely needed that scene, like, it didn't need to be like as long as it was like a minute at most. If it feels just like we have no other way, but in this world to pad this episode, but to have the scene, like it just went on and on and on. And just even yeah. from a point of view of, even if you are a degenerate for whatever reason, and it doesn't bother you, just from a point of view of just like, like it just felt lazy, like a really like kind of a cop out. Like, you know, oh, well, we need an extra few minutes. So we're just going to have her fail the flailing for like five minutes straight. And yeah, like besides it being creepy, it just felt really kind of out of otherwise really, I mean, not necessarily exemplary episode, but like animation wise, but out of otherwise fine episode. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I like I said, that stuff in particular almost made me think, like, legitimately think about whether I would put this episode against stuff like, uh, whatever other episodes I've talked about in the past that I don't like, uh, the the, the Rabbit Boss episode. Not that I dislike that episode, but it's just it's just kind of eh for me. Like, I think it's fine. It's just not one I really think about, or the even worse episode six, which I've gone on and talked about, and I don't want to talk about it again. Um, but you know, the, the, this this one is like kind of in the middle. You know, that I mean, that stuff is kind of I don't know. D- sorry, I don't I don't want to I don't want to waste time ranking my least favorite episodes of Dragon Ball yet. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean outside of that stuff um i think the prelims are fun i do like seeing krillin like get back at his temple mates or whatever uh that that was pretty cathartic and i i love i just love how fast they take out a lot of these guys it's 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 pretty fun like they they really just waste no time taking some of these people out i think some of my favorite bouts in this episode was um uh totally not bruce lee uh just stomping the <laughs> shit out of krillin <laughs> And you know what? Krillin gets stomped on a lot through these episodes, and I feel kind of sorry for him. I
2: mean, he looks like a pebble with the bald head, so I mean, I kind <laughs> of... Oh, no. I understand that these big people are probably thinking, Hey, wait, I could just flick this thing around and nothing would happen. You like, know? like
1: especially with not Bruce Lee, uh, like, he, he's literally just, like, stomping on him, and then he starts, like, stomping on him faster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like he actually tires himself out just doing that and,
2: <laughs> it's and then, it's nuts and
3: then, i mean but it is cathartic that krillin
1: just gets up and like and he does a zombie impression
3: like i'm dead actually i'm not get get out of here
1: <laughs> you know i i almost i almost thought that was like a mayumi tanaka ad lib for a second but then i double checked and that is actually a bit from the manga too so if i didn't know any better i i would have just been like oh yeah mayumi tanaka is really good at ad libbing um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh
2: man.
1: Um, I like that Yamcha fights a real wolf. That was kind of fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The wolf Fang Fist versus the actual wolf, and it's it's kind of here where I start to really see the world that is Dragon Ball, because like you see all these fighters that aren't human, and I'm kind of like. Well, I mean, I know there was the Ox King and like some other weird stuff like Off and Shu, for example, in the earlier time. But like, I feel like those were more one off when I was first experiencing it, especially with me being a very younger person than I am now. So like getting to see the type of styles of all these different types of creatures and species that live in this world. And I'm just like, oh, that's really cool. The Wolf Fang versus an actual wolf, you know, it's just... I like it. I I really do. And it's, just, it gives, I give credence to how the style of how, uh, individuals look in dragon ball. Just, uh, it, it touches the soul, especially cause it's like older anime too. And I just love older anime aesthetic. Like it just, it gets me every time. So seeing, seeing it like for like in dragon ball really just strikes a chord with me. And I'm just like, Oh, that's how it should be. I love it. Love it so much. No, no. Yeah. Honestly, there were points
1: Watching these episodes where I couldn't help but think like, man, what was it like, like producing and animating this back in the late 80s, like, and like weekly too? like, I can't imagine how much harder it was to animate
2: anything without like, you know, computers and stuff back then, you know? Yeah, especially with the elimination thing with like all these different fighters. So like, it's a little easier when they get further along in like the quarterfinals, because the crowd, they can all relatively look the same but when you're in these elimination rounds it's like no these they all have to really look different they have to and i know the suspense of disbelief is like kind of gone after goku just uses the poke of doom to knock someone off and you see krillin just absolutely destroying someone but you want to give these types of one-off characters personalities to where and like distinctive traits to kind of make it so oh that's really cool or oh that that character design is really neat or oh that might be a reference to something not bruce lee you know (laughs) like there's just a lot of types of things that make it even more amazing when you really think about especially that episode itself um i just i I find it um truly a spectacle for the eyes um and while it wasn't my favorite that the episodes we were going to be talking about seeing this kind of kick off what was coming in store for fans especially for someone like me who isn't as well-versed at the time, at least, I'm like, oh my god, Goku and Krillin, even Yamcha, like, oh god, what, what, like, this is such, eight people left, and three of my favorite characters are into the quarterfinals, oh my god, one of them could win, one of them could win, I'm so excited, so, uh, like, seeing that kind of build-up, especially with how little action you really see in Dragon Ball in general, it really gives credence to, like, how a character can help drive a story and to make it feel like the plot is more engaging than it can be because like all in all it's just a tournament for Goku to and Krillin to kind of see how their training with Master Roshi really goes right there's nothing really on the line at the moment but it just becomes like a really really cool thing to see the characters you grow up with kind of achieve goals that one day you hope to. And while I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to be going into a martial arts tournament, um, you can kind of apply it for other types of things in your life, which is what I kind of get from it looking back on it now.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I totally 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, I mean, j- just speaking for this tournament specifically, um, you know, while uh, – I mean d- – I, I think it's safe to say that like every tenkaichi butai gets better and better with with every new one that we watch or whatever, um, especially seeing the journey that Goku takes to finally win one of these, you know. I know. Um, And oh. you know, I, I definitely remember like reading through the manga for the first time because I obviously was a I obviously was a kid who you know, had only watched most of Z and, you know, finally got into the beginning stuff through the manga and reading through a lot of this for the first time, even knowing what happens in Z, I was still surprised, like, oh, Go- Goku actually lost a fight? I wasn't expecting that. Like, like be- being so used to, you know, Goku winning almost all of his fights and not really having much trouble winning his fights in Z... You know, actually made it more surprising to see that as a kid that like, oh, he could actually lose. That's actually that's actually really cool. I like I'm not I was not used to that idea as a teenager, you
2: know. Mm-hmm. And I was so invested in every Dragon Ball World Martial Arts. I, I was so invested because I'm just like, I need my boy to get a dub. <laughs> I need that chip. He needs that chip. Give him the chip, please. <laughs> so I was and this is and I was saying this more back when I was like 13, 14. Maybe even uh, younger at the time, depending. I, 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 like I said, I'm not quite sure the year, but I just it was during the time that I was like first experiencing it. And I just was like, I needed to know. It was so just... It, it, it sparked my love for fighting tournaments in anime. Because I find it exciting. Because as you were saying, you're usually so accustomed to just the main character always winning. And then all of a sudden you might get thrown a surprise in Dragon Ball. I'm just like, excuse me, what? I need to see this. And so I just, I got heavily invested. And it's funny how with like quick, like the eliminations and then the first few quarterfinal matches, I was like, I don't remember them going this fast. I was like, I thought these were like multiple episodes. (laughs) It was just like, I was so engrossed in seeing who would win this one because you never knew. Like there was so many interesting challengers. Uh, which I, we, I'm i sure we'll get into, too. But, like, I really enjoyed the final eight in this tournament. I really do. From design-wise to character-wise, I actually really liked this one in particular a lot. Mm-hmm. I
1: will say this is... Mm, I, I guess out of the three of them, it's my least favorite tournament. Just because the next two were, like, just that much better. They were. They absolutely were. But but I, I, w- I will say that, like, you know, I, I said at the top of the show, like... You know, uh, this tournament gets better the further it goes on, especially when we get to like the final fight, which is the best fight in this tournament. Um, but you know, I, I I do appreciate how varied this tournament is. Like it's a it's a good mix of characters that we're already familiar with and like new characters of varying shapes and sizes and, and species even in the case of <laughs> mm-hmm. Giron. Like it like, you know, I, I think I joked last episode that I was kind of uh disappointed that we did not end up getting a boxing ape in this tournament because there's there's a montage during the training where Krillin's like explaining what the Tenkaichi Buddha is and you see like all these random characters fighting against each other and one of them's a boxing ape and I'm just like man I wish we got I wish we actually got that but this tournament still has like its fair share of like like interesting new characters that you're being introduced to that you want to learn more about and yeah I mean it look this this tournament I'm not again I still think this tournament's good but I I will I will stand by that like it starts off okay and again, just gets better with every fight.
3: Yeah, I, I just have to. I mean, going back to the boxing girl, I just want to know who eliminated that guy. <laughs> just, <laughs> that that's a whole story in and of itself. But yeah, like I, I agree, the tournaments just escalate. Is the characters learn more techniques and everything like that? And I like the idea that Toriyama has this thing where it's like in annual. I mean, they explain. I it think it's every five years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, every five years. And I like that that's a thing, like, in another series, it would be like, it's every five years, and but then the characters do it once and then move on to the next thing. But I like that it is just a thing that, that is Goku's character. I mean, not I, I don't want to say character arc so much, because it's not like he, it really changes his character. It does and doesn't. But I like that that's his thing, that he doesn't win. Well, it gives him a goal. It gives yeah, Exactly, there you go. It gives him kind of a goal. In a sense, well, what, and, you know, he had... But at the same time, since Dragon Ball is a series about having adventures, it's like that's not the only thing he does is just train, and then we're on to the next tournament. Like, there's other stuff going on, and while, you know, he's doing... He's out having adventures, then the tournament comes back. And I like that we have that repeat of things. You know, it's an annual thing that they can look forward... That we can look forward to, rather than just being... It's the better
2: Olympics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean honestly... Um, I I think from when we get to the end of the tournament and into the Red Ribbon Army arc, I think yes. (laughs) when we start from Red Ribbon and go from there up until the end of the 23rd Tenkaichi, like, I think um, just kind of speaking more broadly, something I'm I'm more or less realizing, you know, as I kind of think about Dragon Ball more is that, you know, from Red Ribbon Army on to the end of the 23rd tournament. I think Toriyama does a really good job of, like, connecting all of these arcs together, because they really, like, bleed into each other really well. Like, I really like the way that Red Ribbon Army goes into the Urnai Baba stuff, and the way that the Urnai Baba stuff uh, leads into the 22nd Budokai, and how the 22nd Budokai leads into Demon King Piccolo, and Demon King Piccolo, again, leads into the 23rd Tenkaichi. Yeah. yeah, I think Toriyama is, in terms of like transitioning from arc to arc, you know, and, and making it feel like one whole complete narrative, I, I guess as opposed to something like Super, where Super is just kind of like a collection of arcs that don't really have anything to do with each other, mostly. Like, I kind of prefer his way of uh, of storytelling and like connectivity between arcs with the original Dragon Ball, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I
3: also, I mean, I think that, as, again, a as scale of escalation for those, especially re- like going from Red Ribbon. I want to, I don't, not that I want to say before that Dragon Ball is just mid. Like, but I feel like, but no, I mean. talking I, I, you dare I, speak
2: those words. I
3: don't think that, I don't think it is mid though. But I will say that for Red Ribbon Army, it feels like the series that has been, you know, it's been running it just takes off it it fly, it just flies, and it feels like a real just experience from Red rimid until Dragon Ball ends and goes and transitions into z it does i mean of course there are slow moments and everything and thing where things slow down, but it feels like a v- the tempo
1: just picks up and never lets go from that point onward, no yeah for sure. I'm really liking this conversation. I'm really liking the points that we're bringing up. But I, I do want to get on to episode 21, unless there's anything else we want to say about episode 20.
2: No, the only thing I want to know is how is Sakaki being called bacterium? Because I need a... Because this guy is disgusting. <laughs> oh, my
3: God. Holy cow. I, like, I was... <laughs> okay, I, I, my hot takes are bacterium. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: But, like, I didn't see... Or, like, there was parts of the fight... That I'm like, I don't remember this being on Toonami. Wait a minute here. <laughs> I don't remember Bacteria messing with his uh as uh the announcer would say private parts <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, doing a stinking death there. But like when Sakaki mentioned that I was like, uh dude, I've met you. You you are nowhere <laughs> even close to that. You smell like roses, please. <laughs> Like, Uh, I, I, you know,
1: this might sound gross, but I imagine Sakaki, even at his sweatiest, would still smell even,
2: still smell better than Bacterian. 110% on that. I, I, like, I like that this is the conversational topic we're, we're, we're going with. Okay, I mean, like, no matter what I... It d- stood out the most, though, you know what I mean? Like, seeing Krillin get the first fight, which I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know? And it made sense, because, like, having Goku be last, I'm like, of course, it's Goku. Who doesn't want to see Goku's fight? But, like, you know, giving Krillin his time to shine, and as Sakaki was mentioning earlier, you know, Dragon Ball has a lot of gags, and, like, a lot of the fights actually in the quarterfinals were gags. It was just Yamcha and Jackie Chun's toward the end that wasn't really a gag. And then Goku's wasn't really a gag because like that got very serious. I, I really I, I, just, I love that fight, too. But um, just like seeing bacterium and Krillin like fight each other. It's like this is Dragon Ball. Like, like <laughs> it's not the oh, Vegeta commit genocide. You know, it's <laughs> it's literally Dragon Ball of watching dude grab his private's fart on krillin and be like a disgusting human being and krillin you know getting his time to shine through a very comedic way and as the announcer say like, the inhumanity all these tortures all the disgusting things the human body does and krillin has to endure all of it i'm like oh this poor lad are we sh- are, like oh my god someone's saying send a prayer for him krillin is gonna have to take at least 12 showers after this <laughs> yes <laughs> And to think he outstunk him at the end too, which blew me away. Oh my god.
1: I don't I don't wanna think about I don't wanna think about the fact that Krillin's farts smell worse than anything bacterian is (laughs) ever for
2: right. like oh.
3: I mean, like they do say that. I mean, <laughs> with you fart, you don't smell it, but when you smell somebody else's, it's worse. So maybe bacteriums just never. I mean, people have always stayed away from him, so he's probably never actually smelled somebody else's fart before. This so this might be a new experience for him.
1: <laughs> I guess. I guess. that's, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, uh, CJ, to your point about Vegeta committing genocide, uh, who who is to say? That Bacterian isn't so smelly as to commit genocide through
2: just smell alone. Oh, I, he, I'm just I, saying. I, I'm going to say this. I'd prefer Vegeta's over his <laughs> 110%. Oh my god. <laughs> and I, I'm saying this, I say it more tongue-in-cheek because, God, if, if let me tell you something. I don't know if, um, if he's been on, like, any of your podcasts, but Grant, who I've seen on Twitter, he does a lot of One Piece, like, threads and whatnot. He posted a thing, thank God, that Dragon Ball Z came out when it did. Because I could not stand the type of discourse for this character. I'm like, A freaking men. So I'm being more <laughs> tug in cheek when I when I see things like that more than anything. I mean actually we did have Grant on, so <laughs> We did actually. Oh, there we yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah. Yes. There you go. So we did have him so on. So that that's at least why I would make a joke like that, because I'm like, he's not wrong. But I really don't have the time to talk about these types of things. No,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't want to think about it too much either. Um, (laughs) I will say, oh,
3: just going to 21 real quick. I do love the gag of the announcer not being able to read Goku's name. I actually went back and watched the dub. I mean, so far I've been watching it subbed, but I actually went back and watched the dub just to see, like, okay, how did they handle this? And he's like, Goku? (laughs) Gokia. Gokia.
2: It's like like the new Ikea just in Dragon Ball time. Like, what is this? Because, like, in
3: Japanese, it makes sense because the way that the kanji for Goku's name comes... I mean, the way the reading would be is, like... Like, yeah, he reads it the way you'd expect it to be read in Japanese. So that joke makes sense. It's just Son Goku is such just an obscure reading for those kanji that that wouldn't be the first thing that you think about. So I was like, okay, but then in English, like, what did he do? And one other thing I noticed about that scene, too, is they added a sound effect for his blushing. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did, they did. In the English version, they added a sound effect to his blushing. In Japanese, it was silent. Like, when he blood, when Yamcha comes in and corrects him on how to read Goku's name, like, in English, in Japanese, it's just, oh, okay, he just blushes like, ooh, I'm sorry. But in Japanese, the, English, they add that, like, sound, like the whistle sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the oh, it, it's it, like the new fairy tale.
2: Whoa!
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of added that in the dub because like I wouldn't have noticed if it weren't just for the fact that I was just really interested in seeing how could you get Goku's name wrong in English. <laughs> but mm, like yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, they added that, which was really interesting to me.
2: Mago gosura San, Mago gosura San, hmm? hmm? ka?
0: Uh,
3: Mago Come on now, Gakeya Uh, uh, uh,
0: huh.
2: Hmm. Six, seven, eight. We're not missing anybody. Uh. Sorry to
1: butt in, but that spells Goku, huh? <laughs> oh. Yeah. How silly of me. I I do want to say about that because I double checked what the manga did, at least on the vis side. Uh, I like the way Viz handles it, where they just have him pronounce his name as Song-Oku. <laughs> oh, that's clever. <laughs> I,
3: I like that. that. I like that. I like that.
1: <laughs> I think I think that makes sense for, like, an English-speaking audience. Um, yeah. But yeah. I also like how, like, they have to have, like, the speech bubble with his name in it, with the characters and everything. Because, th- th- admittedly, this is the kind of joke that I think works better in a comic, because you can read the text, you know? Right. Yeah.
2: No, that makes sense. I, 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 as much as I do enjoy watching the anime, I would probably say that reading it is probably a better experience for it. But that's and that's, I try not to be biased on it because I know. No, no, no. That's um. I, yeah,
1: I, I, totally understand yeah. where you're where you're coming from because that's the whole reason I wanted to do the show was because I've only I've only ever been like familiar with the manga version, and I I used to always like dismiss the anime because. I always just assumed that everything Toei did was shit, and that's totally not true. <laughs> but th- that's why I wanted to watch the anime was because I wanted to experience one of my favorite things in like in like a new way that I hadn't before. So I, I do think the anime has its strengths. At least at least at this point, it has its strengths. Um, but th- that was one of the few things where I was just like, eh, yeah that-, that just that just works better because this is a different medium, you know
2: yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like how people enjoy reading like american comics right you get the thwap, snuck, all these like sound effect stuff and it's just you don't get that in like a tv series unless it's the 60s batman or the 60s yeah that's true that is very (laughs) true uh i was also thinking like you know i I do think at least batman beyond kind of had the impact sound effect best (laughs) when it came to experiencing uh cartoons fighting and whatnot but but i do think generally i do think it's better to like read it because i think that you kind of get the sense of like i feel like the imagination that your own mind gives you when you see these types of sound effects just enhances it more because it's like your way of controlling what you're reading as more so than when you're watching it now i will say i never read dragon ball manga i'm an anime only but uh i definitely see the merit more so in those types of aspects with reading it than than watching it Oh,
1: man. I mean, look, I I, I totally understand that anime is probably, like, your preferred way of doing things. But, like, because, you know, I've I've been trying to – I haven't brought it up on the podcast a lot because I don't want to, like, get too into the nitty-gritty or whatever because I don't think that's really that interesting. But I am trying to make sure that, like, I skim through the manga, too, so I can remember how, like, it was depicted in in the original manga, certain stuff. And, like, oh, my God, dude, I genuinely think – like – I I've said it on like other podcasts before but like I I can't think of another single manga artist like doing work today that even comes close to like the kind of stuff Toriyama can do with such ease. Like he 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 <laughs> makes he makes comics look so effortless and easy. Like it's kind of amazing that like his stuff I think th- at least technically like holds up as much as it does today.
2: Yeah, I can't disagree with that too cuz I don't really understand the nitty gritty when it comes to like doing manga. Personally, I just am that's more fair. of a consumer. So like for me, I see the painstaking of like the artwork more so than necessarily like all the like layouts and background stuff more so because, you know, I grew up reading stuff like Naruto bleach and one piece and I'm like, holy crap, how did they do this art? It's amazing <laughs> when there's like that. They're probably say, Oh no, that's the easiest part. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I can't, I can't comprehend that for whatever reason. Just, i'm in awe every time mm-hmm. i mean the the thing with toriyama specifically
1: is that like his stuff is like so like readable is the thing like mm-hmm. like he draws his comics in a way where like he's purposely like leading your eye like from panel to panel and I'm i'm not, and i'm not saying like kishimoto or oda aren't good at what they do but you know especially in terms of like when comparing to, like, One Piece, especially, like, One Piece, I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings on it nowadays, but, like, I it still has a special place in my heart and everything, but even I have to admit that, like, Oda's art, as much as I love it, is still, it is is way more cluttered in comparison <laughs> and is, like, can be really hard to kind of keep up with and take in, at, you know, all in one time. Whereas, whereas Toriyama, especially when it comes to, like, his his action and, and fight choreography, is just, like, it, like, Honestly, I think when we were originally reading Dragon Ball for Manga Mavericks, you know, a little while back, like, I, I think I, I genuinely got through, like, multiple volumes of Dragon Ball because it's, like, just that easy to read.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. As somebody who was essentially an anime only for DVZ, I, when I read it for Manga Mavericks, I was amazed at just, like... How easy it is to read. Like, uh, Toriyama's draftsmanship is second to none. I'm definitely going oh, to yeah. Colton on, on that camp. Like, he has a very purposeful way of setting up pages and fight scenes, and even just like moments of silence where two characters are kind of staring each other down. They have this sense of just weight. And when he he has he knows how to apply weight to these characters during fights and also weightlessness in a way that's just like the fights just feel smooth. But they also have that impact and everything. You feel every hit. You understand, you know, it, it was just really I was really amazed by it. And i was just like now I kind of understand why, you know, people say read the manga for Dragon Ball. And of course, the fact that his pacing is it can be a little fast, but sometimes it's sometimes it's too fast. Yeah, it can be like too fast almost, which is which is why it's interesting to think of Dragon Ball, I mean, not just Dragon Ball, but anime and manga r- as far as relationships to each other in general, because yeah, while the memes out there are that Dragon Ball takes forever to do anything, or DBC, I should say, like, you know, because of them trying not to catch up with the, the manga, they and to be fair to Toei, like, yeah, Dragon Ball always had, like, a shorter page count, because it always kept its gag page count, like, it never... As far as I know, and I might be wrong about this, it never got – when de- when it became more about fisticuffs, it never got extra pages to compensate
1: for that. I don't think it ever exceeded, like, 17 pages.
3: Yeah, so, like, to give Toei that credit, I mean, imagine having to work with that, like, less than 17 pages a week. And this thing is super popular, so you can't just say – this isn't now where, like, My Hero Academia goes off the air for, like, a year – And, you know, so therefore they can afford to, like, figure out pacing, you know, at this point, like, as much as Toei would probably like to be like, like, for example, One Piece again, as much as Toei would like to just take One Piece off for, like, the air for, like, a couple of, for a year or a half year or something just so they could work on the pacing better or even give their animators a break, (laughs) like, the television station won't let that happen. So I I do I mean and Colton and I have talked about it before where everybody goes every anime fan goes through that like Toei hating phase yeah. <laughs> and then you then you graduate and you realize that I mean Toei's not perfect but there's a reason why they've been around so long <laughs> so yeah
1: but basically this entire tangent was just an excuse for me to tell you hey CJ I know you don't probably don't read a lot of manga but you should read Dragon Ball
2: I, I would, only because I'm also very curious how the fights, especially like Krillin Bacterium and Yamcha versus Jackie Chun were depicted. Mm-hmm. Um, I could already kind of tell what the, the other fight, Nam and Renfen, kind of was like. But uh, just because of how both of you mentioned the choreography, how you both mentioned how the ease of reading it and yet still understanding it, not too much clutter... Uh, Being able to kind of see Toriyama's penmanship and the way that uh, he does his artwork, it does, it it gravitates me. And, like, I am probably more of a manga experiencer now because, like, I experienced The Promised Neverland before when it was, like, blowing up. Uh, Same with Black Clover, uh, My Hero... Uh, and just like more current weekly shown, like I really wish Red Sprite picked up. I, I really, really enjoyed that one shot when that came out. Hey, look, it, you're finally seeing the light because you know what? That is
1: th- that—that's the thing with anime and manga. There's far more bad anime than there is bad manga, in my opinion.
2: Sorry, the, true the,
1: the, the manga elitist in me is coming out. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> it's true. It's just, it's true. and it's funny because like I enjoy the Food Wars manga more than the Food Wars anime and I'm like, oh, yeah, as I'm yeah. like going through it and like Tokyo Ghoul's an example. I did like the Ooh, anime yeah. until I read the manga afterwards, but it's like I'm becoming everything I hate. It's like, I don't want to <laughs> poo-poo anime, but it's like, Reading the the manga, you just you get such a better experience on certain things, you know. So I am curious how it would be like reading Dragon Ball because I still have such a fond memory of the anime as I'm watching it again. Right, like I really enjoyed the. I, I just love the tournament. I, I I can't. I can say that. I I will say that like a hundred thousand times. Like I just love the world martial arts tournament i just love them they just <laughs> they epitomize everything that's fun about dragon ball right as we were joking before you know bacterium and krillin that's a gag fight but yet it was still like compelling it was still fun like how was krillin gonna get out of it and then Goku's like krillin you don't even have a nose why it smells so bad and he's like oh wait yeah you like breaking the fourth wall we <laughs> praise deadpool all the time when he does that in you know marvel stuff they just did it here, and it's like, kudos, yes, that's exactly what I like seeing in this types of things. I can live a little without the bad hygiene part, but, <laughs> oh, you know, man. I, okay, I, okay, look, whenever I, I enjoy the whole thing. I mean, look, whenever
1: Bacterian, like, just digs his hand into his crotch, I, I just, I wish for death every <laughs> time I see it. Yeah.
3: yeah! I cringed. I, like, I, like, if you were sitting in a room watching with me, I visibly cringed while watching that exactly oh, and it's
2: just like but yet, like Dragon Ball, still had these funny moments. Like all of a sudden, they're explaining the rules: no poking in the eyes and no hitting the private parts. And then Renfen, what about my private parts? And all of a sudden, it's just like, goddamn it, no, we're not having this discussion. <laughs> we're like, doing yeah, this another time. Yeah,
3: I love that. Uh, I love that moment where, like, that, the, that's the, pretty the, funny. The, yeah. the, the the announcer guy doesn't even like qualify that with a response. <laughs> He's just like moving
2: on. We're not here.
3: <laughs> He's trying to stay professional, you know. Yeah. Also, I just like the fact that he keeps, bring, he keeps coming back, too. Like, this isn't, like, a guy that he's at this first
1: tournament in every other tournament. It's a new guy. It's the same guy. And I really like yeah. that. No, you, this is one of the many characters throughout the franchise that you grow up with. And I really appreciate that.
3: Yeah, I really like that. It's just like, cause Tori, you know, Toriyama could have forgot about him.
1: And he didn't. And I like... And
2: Launch I, anybody?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say what what does it say about Toriyama that he remembers the announcer guy, but but not launch, you know? <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. he doesn't go to horny jail. I do
3: because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, didn't he? Like he, he later on gets like
1: he, he's even like an old guy still doing it. Well, not old old, but like I remember he's he, like he, a- he gets he gets kind of bald later on. I think okay. if I yeah. remember correctly. Like, he, he definitely shows his age.
2: It, I would say it's more, like, thinning than anything. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah.
3: He definitely, like, ages as the tournaments go on. And, and I just really dig that he's just, he's still doing his
2: job because clearly he loves it. Like, <laughs> And now we get to go to my favorite episode that we get to talk about. 22, baby. I've become what I hate most, Jackie Chud. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing about episode 21
1: real quick um i guess not specifically about episode 21 but like and i don't want to do like a full voice actor corner here because i don't think we really have the time for it but like i did at least want to put out there that um kenji utsumi is the guy voicing the announcer who would basically continue to be the voice of shenlong until at least until battle of gods
2: oh no way and then
1: uh (laughs) In terms of other Dragon Ball stuff, I, just, I wanted to put in the uh, put this in there specifically for Sakaki that in the Japanese dub of Dragon Ball Evolution, no, no, Kenji Utsumi Kenji Utsumi voices everybody's favorite Dragon Ball character played by Ernie Hudson, Sifu Norris. <laughs> I don't. <God. laughs> No That's way. awesome. I, I, no, that makes it, it so much better.
2: That,
3: anything that has to do with with um, evolution is decidedly not awesome. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, here, here, I'll I'll add in a few more voice roles to kind of make up for that one. Um, apparently, he's the voice of fucking Rao in Fist of the North Star, which is pretty cool. Wow, I didn't know that. And also, he's the Japanese voice for Alex Luis Armstrong in Full Metal yes. Alchemist. Yes. 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 And also, just to get in our Hunter Hunter reference for the episode, because uh, I'm going to keep this up for as long as we can. Uh, He apparently voices the the sea captain in Hunter Hunter.
2: Oh, from when Gon was going to the Hunter exam. Yeah, from like the very beginning. Yeah, that was like
3: yeah, that was like one of his very, sadly, one of his very last roles. So yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh wow! I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, that, that's my little voice actor corner for now.
3: Actually, I mean, let me just add one more to that, is that, uh, Namu is voiced by, uh, Kanito Shiozawa, who, he's also in Dragon Ball as, uh, Tenron? I don't remember
1: who that is, <laughs> but... I saw that, but I genuinely don't know who that character is. Yeah, I don't so either. So I didn't include it. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean,
3: the one for Colton is that he was the first voice for Ninzaburo Shiratori in Conan.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. So, okay. like, yeah,
3: he started... He was before he sadly passed away, and the voice went... Then, uh, shoot, what
1: is his name? I forgot his name. I was name. wondering who took up his role actually yeah
3: it, it it's it's the god and I, kazuhiko inoue kakashi ended up voicing uh shiratori afterwards
1: oh wow that's oh, hell that, yeah that's pretty
3: badass actually or well i guess another colton thing is that he also voiced uh uh
1: oboro oboro Oh yeah, I was I was just thinking Oboro from uh, from Gintama. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's who ended up uh, taking over.
2: Gintama <laughs> speaks to my soul. Oh You're fuck, so- okay,
1: CJ, we got to have you on just a Gintama podcast again.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. it when you get to the episode of the uh, when everyone's frozen in time. I just I love that arc, especially when they keep trying to get the remote control from the Shinsengumi, and they ended up pulling his arm off completely. I just I love that arc so much. Okay, oh my God. okay it's, CJ, I J, I didn't know you so were funny. into
1: Gintama, and now I think you might be my best friend. Um, <laughs> oh well, Sakaki, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to come out like this. I mean, well, I, I, it's okay. Now, now
3: when the when he gets to the evolution episode, you can just take my place, and and we're all happier. <laughs> uh, here, we'll we'll,
1: we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about that off, mic. But um, I, I guess since we're already we're already this far deep in the voice actor stuff, so. I did also look up Ron Fon's voice actor, uh, Yoko Kawanami, who not only voices Ron Fon, but also is the current voice of Bulma's mom, which I thought was kind of interesting.
2: interesting. That is actually interesting.
1: I didn't really recognize any of her other roles, so I didn't put down anything else. But okay, that's enough for voice actor corner. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about episode 21. I mean, overall, the Krillin versus Bacterian fight. You know, at first, I remember reading it in the manga first and being like, really really super disgusted by it cuz obviously that's the whole point. Um I don't think I really realized that was the point when I first read it and now I just kind of appreciate it. Like I actually kind of liked watching it more than I did reading it and I don't know if I can really explain why. Um it was <laughs> it was just fun. Like I I cuz you know they also have like little extra bits in there to kind of pad out the fight just like a little bit. Like I kind of liked when Krillin tries to like duck under Bacterian And then he just like smashes him with his butt and he kind of, you have the little animation of him, like just him rubbing his butt all over and It's just, (laughs) it's so gross, but it is pretty funny, actually. As the kids say, good, clean, fun. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say just one more thing, just animation
3: corner. We have a voice actor corner. Let's have an animation corner. This episode was done by one animator, which I think is (laughs) Katsuyuki Aoshima, which we mentioned him before,
1: I feel like.
3: Have we? I don't remember, actually. I think so. I don't... I, I feel like we did, but I, I if we didn't, then I'm sorry. But every, I, I think Colton and everyone else knows now my memory's terrible. But, like, yeah, Katsuki Arashima did this episode by himself. Like, he was the only keyframe artist. So oh, wow. um Which is kind of a mainstay of Toei stuff. You'll see that they'll just... And that's just kind of a sign for... I mean, for those who aren't, like... You know, don't know that much about anime is like you would think having one animator on something is terrible. But no, that's actually a sign of a good schedule because you have time for one person to do an episode by themselves is when you have multiple animators on something. That's when something's in trouble, because that means you had to put (laughs) you had to put twice as many people to get something out on time.
2: (laughs) then okay, that you makes it's, like, sense. it's like the too many chefs in the kitchen yeah
3: it, that's it and that's why like you'll see like the last dragon ball episode like 20 only had like four animators and again you know that's a sign of you know it's a pretty good schedule because it's like you know if you only need a couple people to get something out on time if you need three people to do something versus 20 people to do the same thing then obviously three people is always more preferred <laughs> so like yeah and toei again they'll have episodes of their anime where we'll just be one animator, and they'll do the whole episode by themselves.
1: That's really impressive, considering like i mean th- th- this is this is not like the most amazing animated episode ever, but there are like really like really good bits in there and like little small bits of like fluidity flu flu fluidity, I I, fluidity? Yes. yeah know yes. I, I get what you
3: i get what you mean yeah it's fluidity. like... fluidity <laughs> I get what you mean though. Like you could definitely tell, like upon seeing that, then in retrospect, I was like, okay, I could definitely see where there are parts where it is more limited. But overall, though, if I had, if I were just somebody who couldn't read Japanese and therefore wasn't, I love reading Japanese credits. That's my that's my weird thing I like doing. (laughs) But like, (laughs) if I were just somebody who wasn't who wasn't odd like that, I would probably have just assumed, okay, they had a normal team of. However, I even mean, I many the animators they had in the last episode, that there's no difference. But no, I mean, reading it, I'm just like, wow, this was done by
1: one guy by himself. hmm I mean, the Bacterian fight I think is animated better than it deserves to be, probably, honestly. <laughs> 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 the stench lines
2: definitely would prove to correct on that one.
1: And like, Krillin's like reactions to like smelling Bacterian are always really good too. Uh especially when he Rubs his crotch and points his finger at him and like the reaction he has. I I thought that was particularly really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Takes a whole new meaning to Shining Finger. (laughs) (laughs) No.
3: Don't you ruin G Gundam for me. No. There is
2: no way G Gundam can be ruined for anyone.
3: I mean true, but you shouldn't say
1: it.
0: (laughs)
2: Okay. Well, okay. I promise. Very one. Very
1: last thing I'll say about episode twenty one is, um, I was in my mind, I was joking like, oh man, they're gonna have to really like just clean the shit out of this ring, and then they, and then they immediately start
2: cleaning the ring. I was like, yeah, that's that's fair. That's yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was very glad that they did, especially with what happened in like later episodes. you were like, ooh, ooh, I would not want to be on that floor. No, they're gonna have to clean that thing at least like
1: twenty two times. Yeah. Um. Okay, but I know we're we're getting kind of long here, but we have one more episode. We're gonna talk about episode twenty two, and um, uh, th- this this one's a fun one. Uh, basically, you have the fight against Jackie Chun, who we've I've never seen ever in my entire life, and I I don't I don't I, I think he's a new character, brand new, brand new. He seems like an interesting character. I hope we see more of him. Um, <laughs> uh, his fight against uh, Yamcha and then uh Namu's fight against Ronfan. I know they call her Lanfan in the subs, but I I know her as Ronfan. And also technically I know Namu as Nam because like I think that's how they pronounce his name in the uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3. So I'm sorry if I uh, go back and forth, but anyway. Um so One thing I thought was kind of confusing about this episode, and I don't know, uh, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys like picked up on this or not, but like, this was the weird thing in terms of like how this episode goes, right? Because like, we get introduced to like Namu, and then we see his flashback and see that like, oh, he entered the tournament, because he wants to buy water for his dry as shit village that unfortunately can't like grow any crops, and they don't have any water or nothing like they're going through a terrible drought. And, you know, that's all fine and everything, but, like, so in the manga, we find out about his tragic backstory, basically, by having Jackie Chun, you know, read Namu's mind, and that's how we find out about his backstory. That's how it happens in the manga, because the joke there is, like, oh, Namu looks like a really serious character. What's he doing in, like, a gag manga or whatever, you know? And, th- and that's a pretty funny bit, but it's weird because, like, they show his backstory twice, and like in the beginning of the episode they just show his backstory like straight like there's no jokes or anything we, we just like we just like see what it's like living in his village but then like they still adapt that bit from the manga where Jackie Chun reads his mind and we get like the Cliff notes version of his of his backstory and like I don't know why they felt a the need to show his backstory twice and I just, I just thought that was kind of weird pad yeah that's (laughs) that's what i was gonna say i mean pure as simple as just padding and and i guess
3: probably yeah and i guess it might have been a thing where the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing maybe some writer was just kind of like okay you know to pad it out we're just gonna put this in front here and then maybe like when they got to the animation stage or they got to the storyboarding stage they were like okay we're also gonna straight adapt this thing as well and yeah I, i and to be fair if i'm gonna be honestly about it i didn't really notice I guess it was just kind of a thing where it was just like, OK, I mean, Dragon Ball, we I, I think everybody in, you know, on this podcast now knows that Dragon Ball is a definitely or well, I should say Toei. There are no strangers to padding things out. So I think at yeah, this yeah. point, at this point, it was just kind of a thing, at least for me. I just kind of looked at it like, yeah, they did it twice, but this is Toei.
1: I guess so. It, it just it just feels weird that like. They would introduce Namu the way they did, but still try to keep in that uh, moment from the manga so they could keep in that gag, I guess?
3: Yeah, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from.
1: It's not a thing where I'm like, oh, you're wrong, Colton. <laughs> but no. I mean, like- hey, I might be. You
3: never know. <laughs> No, you're, I, you're, you're, you I I totally get what you're coming from, and, and it makes sense that you think that way. But it, I guess, but ultimately, the answer is probably just they just needed
1: more time for the episode, and it was probably just poorly thought out. Like you know, um, yeah. Now now that now that the viewers know Namu's backstory, now we have to have Jackie Chun learn about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, see, that's what that's what I was thinking too. Because like that, that's a thing where it's like, okay, we know. But they still don't know, and I mean, taking it. Yeah, they could have taken it out, and it's not like the characters really needed to know. Because again, as you said, it was only it was only fodder for that joke. It was like, okay, how could this character who's totally not doesn't belong in this series? What's his deal? <laughs> and <laughs> unfortunately, they kind of like it, it's a thing where you know it's a whole thing where you you ruined the joke by telling
1: by giving away the punchline <laughs> like it's yeah that's yeah. what they ended up doing mm-hmm. yeah so that moment's weird but uh i guess i don't know if we have really have any thoughts on jackie Chun's fight against Yamcha because it's very short and all i could think was man it's
2: all downhill from here <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too cause like the ending of the fight I was crushed when I first saw it I was like oh no he fell and like right when he hit the wall I was like oh shit he's gonna fall out oh no 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 no, no 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 and then it was like oh no Yamcha cause I didn't quite understand until Yamcha put it together that's like wait Jackie Chun seems oddly familiar and I was like Oh wait, yeah, he does. Like this is, you know, 13 <laughs> CJ. He doesn't quite realize it at the time, but um I was so crushed cuz like y- you were watching Yamcha throughout the entire series of Dragon Ball, right? And you know, he's making awesome strides and then all of a sudden he just rings out and like he loses and you feel bad cuz like, oh, you wanted Yamcha to win, you know, cuz Krillin won. And then all of a sudden it's just like the way it happened and you're just like, "Oh no, no, no like it's funny, like you knew he was outmatched, and then when he hit the wall and ring out, it was almost like a <gasps> kind of moment for me. And I'm just like, oh, that's so good. That's really good. I, I like that. It was it was very compelling.
1: You know, it it kind of hurts even more because like you know, watching through the anime, we've we've had to like watch Yamcha, you know, train and better himself to prepare for the tournament. And you know, it's one thing in the manga where like he just he's just kind of thrown out of the ring and that's it. But like it kind of hurts watching the anime version because like we've seen him like go through all this training, you know, in the last batch of episodes we did, uh, and and like knowing that like it, it kind of stings a little bit more because you you got you you had to see him like try, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It, it it does suck in the way that like he is used. I almost think oh, I don't want to say unnecessarily because, like, I feel like they do build up Jackie Chun as this guy. I mean, besides the fact that he's somebody that we might have already seen, maybe.
2: Wait, he is? <laughs> I didn't know, man. I didn't know. I'm still well, trying to I, figure I just... it out. <laughs> <laughs> All I know Please, is he has great taste in women.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about like... you, but
2: I don't know who he, I don't know who he could possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. Sakaki might have to let us in on this. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to you guys off mic because, I mean, it, it'll blow okay. your minds. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> man.
0: <laughs>
3: but, yeah, like, I, I do feel like, and it might be a thing, because I haven't read the manga Dragon Ball in such a long time. It might be a thing that maybe it's a little less heavy-handed there, but I think the anime is pretty heavy-handed in letting you know. I mean, all jokes of us, both of us, that we're saying
1: aside who he is. So it almost feels unnecessary to like, no, no, no. I, I think you have a point there because the anime is so heavy handed as to like, when, when, Yamcha's literally like, Oh, could he be, he, he might be. And then the, the anime literally does this thing where they put like Jackie Chun and Roshi, like side yeah, to side. They superimposed them, <laughs> them on their, each other. And it's just like,
3: yeah, it, it feels like the anime, like I get and It might be just the thing where again, with like Namu's backstory where it's like, they're trying to pad for time. So, like, but they choose really bad ways of doing that, which is, like, <laughs> yeah, because now, like, I, I will admit, I kind of like, uh, you know, Ofuria doing his inner Amuro and trying to solve this case, and... <laughs> But, like, I, I do dig that a little bit. He's he's digging into that Conan role that he's going to get in, like, 20, 30 years. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I like I do like the fact that, you know, I mean, I'm getting into the next episode a bit, but I, I, I'll not go too far in there. But I do like that Yamcha spends the rest of the tournament just trying to figure out who this guy is. But, like, yeah, I just feel like the anime is super heavy-handed, so it feels almost like it's unnecessary for Yamcha to be used as like this father to show that Jackie Chun is a
1: uh, competitor to take seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I I, I totally I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the, the Yamcha fight with Jackie Chun is a short one, um, so there's not really much to talk about there. Um, I kind of like some of the stuff uh, sort of in between fights where like Goku and Giron are like eating b- b- meat on a bone or whatever Luffy's favorite food, <laughs> and. uh... I, re- I just really like this bit where like uh, uh, Giron's just eating this plate full of meat, and then Goku and start uh, Goku comes in and starts eating it, and then like Giron fucking takes it as a challenge, like. <laughs> He just, like, stares at him the entire time and just, like, just downs as much meat as he can, like, and, like, looks at him, like, hoping he'll, like, hoping Goku will notice him or something. It's really, it's really weird and petty, honestly.
2: They're adversaries, man. They, they're they gonna fight each other. They might as well get the first round out of the way who has the bigger stomach. <laughs>
1: I I, I
3: kind of like that. That it kind of showcases what kind of character Giron is, though. That he is just a, this an kind insecure
1: of... flying dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he looks so cool. And that's the Why thing does you have to be insecure? I mean, that's, <laughs> and that's
3: what, like, I don't think that I wouldn't say that Toriyama planned this or anything like that. I don't think it's anything that deep. With which is what a lot of like Toriyama stuff is, but it just it just has this kind of thing where it is like, yes, yeah, as, as CJ said, he's so cool looking and like why is he insecure over, like, 14-year-old boy out eating him? <laughs> like, it, it's just... and I, I mean, I like the fact that instead, like, I, I feel like the first time I watched the episodes, I was supposed to gear around to just get up and, like, you know, get in his face. So I like that it kind of subverted my expectations by instead of him just being, like, an asshole to his face and say it's like, no, I'm going to eat this kid under the table, I expected him to, like, punch
1: him or something or say, all right, yeah, you know, get away from my food or whatever, but no. He's, he's kind of pulling an Inosuke... From from Demon Slayer, where like, Ah, where like they're they're at the inn and they're eating and like Inosuke's trying to like egg on Tanjiro by like eating his food and be like. And doing that shitty gremlin laugh or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, that he's trying like he, it's just this one sided thing where the main like <laughs> Tanjiro doesn't even realize that he's doing that. He's like, oh. I mean, it's funnier with Tanjiro, of course, because Tanjiro's like, geez, you must really be hungry. Here, you can have the rest of my food. I'm sorry. I, I must really be ruining your day, eating in
1: front of you. <laughs> the, the, them them trying to fucking bury those dead bodies and being like, it's okay. Okay, and Nosuke, we all have our limits. You can go rest. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's it, yeah, it's way funnier in Demon Slayer, but I mean, Goku doesn't even notice like Giron. He doesn't is, give like, a shit. Like, yeah, I, I like, he, he just is like, and then he just takes the whole bowl and offers it to Namu, which is like a cute Goku moment, because like, yes. I don't know if that's like OC or anything, which I don't think so, but like, yeah, Goku hears his stomach growling, and it's like, oh, here, bro, you want some food?
1: Also, also, Namu's stomach his growl is so squeaky did, yeah, did you know that? that was
2: that was weird i was just like i would expect that for goku or krillin not not you know someone as large as he is
1: like like i don't i don't know if like because of where he comes from Namu just doesn't have a lot of food and and maybe that's why like when he sees like giron drop a half finished meat on a bone or whatever he's like he he's kind of like looking down on him for like being wasteful or whatever
3: Probably just because maybe it's just because he's just lacking food and that's why, you know, his stomach
1: sounds that way, maybe? Probably. Yeah, I, I genuinely couldn't tell if he, like, was, like, fasting on purpose or if he just, like, just doesn't eat. that I don't know.
2: I don't he used all the money he had to get to the tournament. I think he was probably, like, fasting because he doesn't have a way to get food. Now I know that the tournament was like offering, obviously, but I think he's trying to be like, you know, I need to keep myself. Um, yeah, focused, I can't. I can't mind, get focus, mindful. Yeah, I can't get complacent. You know, I'm here for a or reason. distracted yeah. as uh, yeah, yeah. he finds out in the fight that that will easily happen. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pure. It's like they said on Bebop once: it's the purest boys that have like the weirdest, that have the like kinkiest
1: hangups.
0: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but here, I guess we can get into the uh, uh, Namu and Ronfon fight, which you know, I I wasn't sure how to feel about this because, like, you know, the the, the whole thing is that like Ronfon basically puts up this like weak. Cutesy girlish act, like like at first, you know, when Namu's about to like hit her, she basically gets on the ground and starts crying or whatever to try to play against like his sympathies or whatever. And then when that eventually stops working, she just takes off all her clothes and is in her underwear and tries
2: to egg on the virgin Namu. <laughs> Again, something I don't remember airing on Toonami. It might have, I just don't remember it.
1: <laughs> I, so I was, I, I saw, and I don't know if this is right or not, but at least on, like, the Dragon Ball Wiki, it, it says that, like, parts of this episode weren't shown, but then apparently in the recap for the next episode it's just, like, all fully there, I guess? <laughs>
2: That's how you breed it. They'll never see who watches the recap of an episode. <laughs>
3: i i can imagine it i have heard of that kind of thing happening before where it's just like they're they're very conscious on one part but then like nobody watches recaps so (laughs) even the people censoring it don't watch recaps (laughs) so (laughs) so like yeah that that i mean but i I, i'm with cj i don't remember seeing i remember when i bought the dvds that's the first time i saw this i'm like huh that's that's interesting
2: <laughs> huh i now understand why master roshi wanted to face her instead uh, yeah. i totally get it now uh, 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 jackie Chun. <laughs> that's true
1: so that is true you
3: just ruined everything for everybody
1: <laughs> i did i did I don't look. I, become, I CJ. I don't know what you're talking about, Master Roast. That's not Master Roshi. That's Jackie Chun. We clearly established this. Let me, let me tell you something.
2: Where did he get the hair? <laughs> yeah. That has to be someone else because, like, it legit.
1: Is there on his head? How did he do that? Yeah, it, it's clearly not glued to his head or anything. Uh, yeah, no. It I can't don't. Be. I
2: actually don't think it was. I don't know how he did it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But no, I just I was very taken aback when this was happening, and it's fu- it's funny because you know. I was joking with a colleague at TFP where I'm like, huh, I did a waifu husbando episode. And now these are the episodes I'm talking about for Dragon Ball. I am just going to be perpetually in horny jail and no one's going to be able to sp- save the because soul. Because <laughs> it, it just seems to follow wherever I go, wherever I do. And it's funny because like this is something where I look at where it's like, it's not as bad as like when we were talking about Bulma, because this is someone who's obviously like controlling the narrative of what's happening as opposed to being a victim of it. And while no, you don't need it. Like you really don't need it. It's just, I, I feel like this is more of a style of what Dragon Ball is. Cause it has a lot of bathroom humor throughout the entire show. So I, I didn't feel as like, Oh, this is terrible. But I was also like, well, I mean, it's kind of like, eh, do we really need that? Cause she can clearly fight. Like, she clearly knows how to fight.
3: Yeah, see, that's the thing that that got to me. Because, like, you know, when she was bodying him at first, I'm just like, I remember the episode, obviously, since I watched it before. But I did remember that at first, yeah, she was, like, kind of whooping his ass. And I was just like, I mean, I get that at first he was surprised. So, yeah, she would need kind of a follow-up game after that, after the shock wore off. But like, yeah, I was like, she's
1: actually a pretty
3: decent warrior.
1: Do you really need to do that? The thing to keep in mind also is that, you know, she had to have like gotten through the preliminary round somehow, right? Like she's clearly she's clearly a capable fighter. Like this no, is No, she just yeah. stripped
2: the entire time. Yeah, no. <laughs> she, just show,
1: she just showed she just showed up. Mean, maybe. N- she just showed up naked at her match,
2: and that was it. <laughs> I love Goku's response to the whole thing why isn't he fighting back? And Krillin's just like, oh god. I'll tell you when you're older.
1: <laughs> um yeah, see, I I don't know how people feel about this fight generally, but like and, and you know, we've we've brought up uh time and time again about uh this thing Toriyama likes to do where like he tries to write, you know, capable female characters like Bulma who, you know, clearly knows what she has and uses it to her advantage. And like to me personally, that's that's fine and everything, but like with Bulma like we still have to, like, put her in these situations where she's, like, sexualized and, like, ogled at or whatever. And it just, like, again, uh, like, how I like to put it, Toriyama tries to have his cake and eat it, too. And it, Mm. personally, I don't think it usually works as well as he thinks it does. But here with with Ronfon, anyway, again, I don't know how other people feel about this, but just me personally, like, I think I agree with you, CJ, and how, like, she's controlling the narrative. Like, I think this is a better example of, like, Oh, she knows that she's hot and she's using it. Like, I think in this specific instance, like, now I'm generally wondering, like, is this, like, it, like a part of her usual repertoire? Or, or is it just, like, she can read Namu like a book
2: and can tell that, like, he is a very, like, celibate person, you know? Right. And so, like, since she's, like, the one who's deciding who looks... It's a lot different than when Bulma, you know is like has no idea what's happening at the time. Very different. And
1: even when you have characters like uh, Jackie Chun quote unquote, uh, you know, o- ogling Ron Fon and enjoying the show like, you know th- that that's that's him like we expect that from him or whatever. but like I personally feel like you. I feel less like creeped out or whatever watching this bit. though I will say, I think she forgets that there are children in the audience so that, that's one thing
2: <laughs> that true. it's true. like mommy what's that <laughs> it, oh it's it's like this great uh, I don't know if you've heard this part of a podcast we uh, interviewed a cast member from Food Wars it was Jurichiro Soba Jay Hickman's uh, is the voice of him and he was like oh I can't wait to show everyone Food Wars and so him and his kids who were young kids at the time are watching the first episode of Food Wars oh, kids go daddy what's that and then he goes time for bed kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the best. I love that story. It's like, oh, I can't wait for us to watch this show. I'm in kids. Daddy, what's that? Time for bed, kids. <laughs> Just like, yep, that's kind of how it works. Oh, man. So it is probably along those lines. Then, of course, you have Jackie Chun saying, I'm a doctor and then touching the (laughs) wrong anatomy. Yeah, that's not great. (laughs) No, that's not great at all, sir. No. I I was like, I'm a doctor. I could take care of this. Uh, sir, please just go in the back. Stop this right now.
3: I I do. Yeah. That I I mean, I agree with you too, that it is just a thing where because she's, you know, she's in charge. I mean, and I, I will say this about Toriyama and going back to what Colton was saying, which is that I do get the idea too, that he's just like, even with Boma, that sometimes where it is that she's doing things, you know, she's getting kind of for just desserts. We discussed this on, like, one episode, where there are times where it's like, you you kind of caused this, <laughs> but there are other times where, yeah, it's not great. Like, in the, the case of the, Ron the- Fon...
1: Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the the dynamics are really messy and tangled.
3: Yeah, especially with Bulma. With, with Bulma, yes, I, I I'm really on with there because like there are times where it is really creepy and wrong, and yeah, I'm not a fan of it. But I kind of get where he's going with it as well because of her personality. But mm-hmm. but with Ronfon, yeah, there's that thing where I mean nobody told her to strip (laughs) she chose to and like like you know even again as you said uh that uh jackie chun like filling her up at the end like Again, it was, we expect that from him, but at the same time, you know, again, that that, that, that doesn't
1: make it, that doesn't make it any less, like, annoying to deal with, you know? Right, it doesn't make it any less annoying to deal
3: with or whatever, but at the same time, that's the weapon she chose. (laughs) So, like, I don't, I kind of wonder sometimes... Like, would she – I think you – As you, I I forgot who brought it up now, and I'm sorry. But, like, I do wonder if, like, if she had had a fight with Jackie Chun, if, like, she would have been able to read him and know that, okay, no, this guy would get off on. His, so I'm going to change my whole, like,
1: battle plan here. Oh, man, <laughs> I'll actually have to fight him, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah,
3: that, but it is a thing where it's like – yeah, I, I would be interested in knowing how people feel about this fight. Though, me personally, and I feel like we're all of the same mind here, is just that because Ron Fon was in charge of what was going on and in fact like it was even namu who was being kind of like i mean he tried his best to kind of at first he was just like okay well i'll just fight you like i would a dude and she was like yeah no i you, actually you know, you know i mean i'm gonna show you why i'm not a dude <laughs> and you can have a look at it right th- like that and then like
1: he just like oh yeah i could just close my eyes and not look at her and yeah i, I mean <laughs> i mean honestly i you could argue that like I feel more sorry for Nabu if anything. Yeah, like. yeah,
3: no, yeah that I, that that's what I was thinking. Like, you know, it, it's a thing where it's like I don't, I wouldn't say necessarily I feel sorry for him, but it's just like I do. I could kind of get like he's way more uncomfortable than she is. Y- yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, it, it, you can definitely see that, and he's he's trying his best to kind of like he really is just a victim of just her, he's, in a way, he's just kind of a victim of that poor matchup. Like, anybody, he was ready for anybody else, probably. (laughs) But... You know, he, he came with his game face to take on Giron the kids. And, I mean, I I probably can imagine him probably at first, like, even having a problem fighting Goku or Krillin because they look like little, little little midgets. But, like, I mean, and by the time you probably would realized, no, these kids could probably kill me by mistake. <laughs> he would have been flying <laughs> out of the ring. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, he was probably ready to fight an adult opponent. Which just goes to show you that the Tegaiji Budokai, as we've been saying... Is this place where you have all kinds of different, like, characters and everything like that. And, and I like that Toriyama uses that to kind of, like, push the f- tournament forward. Because, like, e- even the people showing up to the tournament don't know what they're going to face. And you could face the actual wolf or a the personification of human toxicity. <laughs> like You could you, face you, a
1: boxing ape. You could. It's like...
3: Or yeah, or you, I mean, I mean, you could even argue Goku's kind of a boxing ape since, you know, next episode, he gets a little bit, he gets something, something comes back. (laughs) But like, but yeah, like, uh, there's that too. But yeah, I just like the idea that the Tenkaichi
1: Budokai really is just representative of you don't know what you're going to get until you get there. And, And I like that a lot. No, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I I think one of the last things I'll say about this episode is, um, I don't know about you guys, and I'm I'm not usually like this on a podcast, but I mean, low key, Ronan's kind of hot. I'm just gonna say, she I'm, is. I'm, 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 I'm kind of into it. Like this is why I'm going to jail <laughs> from her outfit to to her fucking purple perm afro thing like she's got it going on honestly i was
2: about to say she didn't need to strip i was already smitten with what she had on going on the blue tank top the green cargo pants kind of thing with the perm purple hair oh. i love the color oh too. man it's awesome, so man. good this is why i'm going to jail <laughs> i will never get out of this honestly underrated
1: female character design from Toriyama. i think
2: Yes! yes, we needed more. I love, especially like when Bulma had her hair like that when she gets older too. Like I like the oh, short man. hair;
3: it looks good. I'm am unfortunately a long hair enjoyer, so.
0: <laughs>
3: <But>
2: Sakaki, <laughs> we're making you watch I'm Dragon under- Ball Evolution no! again. No, why
3: would you do that? That's it's, it's like God. Why? That's like executing a guy for for a shoplifting. Why would you do that?
2: They'll never do it again. They'd never do it again they're dead. This is how I get Sakaki to do
1: anything I want. Is if you don't do this, I'm gonna make you watch Evolution again.
3: It's so terrible. I can't believe you do that. <laughs>
2: If it makes you feel any better, Sakaki, so you can get me back with Bobobo, Bo, especially Jelly Jiggler. CJ
1: if, CJ, if you don't stop right now, we'll make you watch every single episode of Bobobo. Bo. See, and it sucks because I loved Bobo Bo. <laughs> you okay, loved okay it, sorry, sorry, this. sorry. We'll make you watch every episode with Jelly Jiggler in it. See, that's the scary part right now.
3: <laughs> I mean, like, I love that you put past tense,
1: loved. <laughs> I'll make you watch this 12-hour compilation of Jelly Jiggler on YouTube.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> That is the scariest thing I could think of right now. It's either that or what? No, I'm not. I, there's an anime I love picking fun at. I really don't like it, but I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> I could say that for my own podcast. I don't need to do that here. <laughs> now, I'm, <laughs> I'm, in,
1: I'm interested in uh, seeing if you guys can find the uh, find my kryptonite. I I don't I actually I don't even know what it is. Honestly, I guess we'll find out one day.
2: <laughs> as soon as you find Colton like crying in a corner, Sakaki you'll know. Yes, you'll know. And then I will, I will use that for against him forever. <laughs> but,
3: but yeah, no, I mean, going as far as Lampon, I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I have a girlfriend, so,
1: <laughs> but uh, it's okay. I, She's probably Jekka probably doesn't listen. That's fine. Don't listen to that one. Don't listen to that one. I mean, don't. Well, well, one. I don't Jekka, know if you're listening that. to the podcast, stop listening now. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing interesting after this point. You're not missing anything. Okay, Sakaki. are we're, we're, go. we're, just, we're just gonna do the Family Guy thing. This part's for the guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but like, I am so sorry for her right now. I feel so bad. <laughs> oh god! Uh, but I've met you both, you both are just awesome. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, okay, Sakaki. Now that Jack is not listening, you could you could tell me your plan on how you're gonna break up with Jekka and get with Lanfan. <laughs> No, because I'm happy in my relationship. <laughs> no. Wink, wink. Why are you? No, I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
3: No, no, I'm no, kidding. no, no, no. No, I mean, I dig. I dig. I, think, I think her design too. Like it's the little mole though, like on like right above her, I guess lip. Yeah. yeah that, 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 okay. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, like I like how Toriyama has these like little little details that um like. Uh, they just do a lot for me. Like, I, I do like long hair more than short, so that the hair didn't really do for, I do like the color, her, her hair color and eye color, though. And, you know, the, just the little bit of lipstick and the mole, that, that's, oof. That's a, that's a killer combo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a really, and the fact that, like, I mean, I don't think, well, no, thinking about Toriyama's designs for women, like, I mean, whether you like their agency in the series or not, I do like that he doesn't really go for a super duper buxom. Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, a female design that he has that's, like, you know, a female character that's, like, super buxom, and I can't think of any.
2: There's only one that matters, Caulifla. Oh, man. I have not seen Super, so I only know oh. I only know of her through osmosis, <laughs> but... I, so, I obviously help out with our tsunami News' Twitter during live tweets for Toonami, so her fight was up and I got to do a tweet versus just thinking about her and it's a gif of her just hopping ready to fight in the boxing position of just like, oh god, a woman after my own heart. I love her. I love her. <laughs> she she is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, so I like, love her so much. Yeah, I, I do
3: I will give Toriyama that. I, I at least for for what I can remember, I don't remember like a super
1: like like kind of disgustingly buxom character of his. So I would say that Toriyama's female designs are better than Oda's, personally.
2: Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I never really thought of it like that. I have to think about that because I think the thing that like separates Toriyama from Oda is that Toriyama's they feel different, right? Like they don't feel like everyone's like the same. Whereas One Piece, I do feel like certain characters kind of feel similar to one another. Yeah, yeah, at least in design wise, and that's just. And I know that's not every character. Like I will say, I think Nico Robin is very. Vastly different, especially her face compared to like other female characters. But I feel like a lot of them kind of have the Nami syndrome to an extent, oh, especially yeah. like yeah, especially in arcs like before the time skip. And that and that's just that's just me. Like I'm not saying like you, like, One Piece has amazingly attractive waifus. Like trust me, and husbandos too. But um, it's definitely kind of a thing where I do feel like Toriyama does have. Very like I will say, Ron Phan does have a little similarities to me to launch to an extent, but that's kind I can of can kind really, of see it. I, that's the only one for me. Like Bulma doesn't look like anyone else, Chi Chi doesn't look like anyone else, Cauliful Kale. Like,
3: and I, I mean, one thing just to uh, just um kind of derail for a second, one thing I do like about Chi Chi though is that she has like the same eyes. It's like they're not the I don't know how to describe this, like. I don't know. My, I guess my thing with like, uh, you know, the female character designs is I, I like them when they have like the simple black eyes. Like, 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 oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's one yeah. thing I really like. I don't, I mean, I get it that, you know, a lot of times they give them like the different eye colors because it does make them look, and it does make them look cuter and everything. So I get that. But I do like just like the simple, like, I like the simple eye designs. So, that's one thing I do think that Chi-Chi has kind of, like, over, let's say, Bulma or Ronfan,
1: to me, anyway.
2: Right. No, that's
1: fair. Oh, man. But, uh, okay, I think we should probably start wrapping up soon, but, I mean... Sure. Do- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I guess, do we have any final thoughts on this episode or uh, anything we've talked about today? I mean, I, g- generally, again, I'm glad that we're at the tournament, and I, I did enjoy these episodes, but... I, I feel like I'm just repeating myself from last time, but I'm I'm really excited to get into the next batch because um, we were kind of talking about uh, Giron earlier and some of the extra stuff they do with him in episode 22 in particular. But if I remember anything from my first few attempts at the anime, it is some of the anime only stuff that happens in the next episode that I actually really enjoy. So I can't wait to get into those. But um, as a start to the tournament, again, I, I think it's fun. Um, I mean, personally, I think I'm just kind of looking forward to like when we kind of get to the point in this tournament, even where like we kind of transition from like 90% gags to about 70% action, maybe 30% gags. You know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to like the latter half of the tournament because I think that's where like the best fights are personally speaking.
2: I agree with that, and I think what what my like youthful obsession and like optimism I have for like the world martial arts tournaments and like all the arcs is just I feel like it captures what Dragon Ball is in a nutshell, right? Uh, oh yeah, it has the comedic elements as we were seeing obviously earlier with Bacterium rubbing his hand in his crotch, with Pon stripping to try to get an advantage over her opponent, to Jackie Chun perving over it. It's just. It, it kind of gives you kind of a sense of what Dragon Ball really is, because a lot of people might experience it or like know it just strictly through Goku power ups and then beats the crap out of someone else. Right. It's like, no, there's a dynamic here. He's learning still. There's some funny gags. He's a child, which is why it's probably more funny, because it's like how in Pokemon you see when you play the games, it's like you're being treated as a child because you're seeing the game if you were a child at that time. And I think like the way the dragon ball kind of captures the childish optimism and enthusiasm you have, I think these arcs, uh, especially in the world tournament really captures that type of imagination and enjoyment uh, that you can have. Cause like I said, like I-, I was smitten and just over the moon when I got to see these types of arcs play out, especially in dragon ball. And it's just, it's really helped solidify of why this title is really just so special. a lot of people not just for me but just in general
0: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah no I, i mean if i just had to say like for this batch of episodes i i agree with cj like this is kind of what the soul of dragon ball is and it is unfortunate like one thing i did want to say earlier during your introduction um is the fact that unfortunately this is just how the show is kind of marketed we can't really blame too much on like people not looking for dragon ball it's just you know you have animation and especially toei that don't really market dragon ball for whatever i mean and they they probably good reasons for it honestly because yeah i can imagine that maybe this is kind of a tough sell you know so yeah everybody everybody's used to z because even in japan everybody sells z and you know the z section and everything like that over the original i mean the fact that they made Z the way it is even though the manga is just Dragon Ball there's no Z, everything is one bit long story you know, there's no splits so the fact that Toei decided to have like a a Z tells you all you need to know there, they knew the marketing was people will probably be interested in this thing that is markedly different than the origin so to speak so it is unfortunate that that's just how the series is packaged and so it is difficult to find dragon ball and i mean i would implore that more drag i I don't know i'm sure that there are like diehard dragon ball fans that love all of it but i would love to see more people experience this part of it even with some of its like not so great parts but like i feel like yeah as as we were saying earlier once we get into the tournament which I did accidentally watch the next episode because I wasn't sure where to stop, but it's <laughs> fine. I'll end up watching it again because I really like the episode quite a bit, actually. Like, um, I could tell definitely there was a parts. There were parts where anime original, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting more into the tournament. And as Colta said, as things start to get a little bit more serious, you know, it, it is. It's all great fun, but different types of fun, and I think that Dragon Ball manages to capture both
1: really well. Mm-hmm. Not that I like necessarily. Prefer the serious stuff over the comedy. I like both, but I think the further we get into this tournament, like the the richer the character dynamics and the richer some of these character arcs get. Like, because I, I I really like what Roshi does for both Goku and Krillin throughout this tournament, and I'm I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing the payoff to that near the end. That like like that's 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 the thing I kind of like most about this entire arc.
2: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree on that
1: yeah cuz i i like i i like the comedic stuff but like the the like richer narrative stuff is the kind of the stuff that i remember this tournament for specifically and that's just me but overall yeah good good episodes i i had fun watching them but again uh, the rest of this tournament is just going to be even better um, and I'm so happy that CJ was, uh, able to come on and talk with us for way longer than I originally planned to, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was still fun. I love fun.
2: Dragon Ball. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, no, I mean, seriously, thank you so much for coming on CJ. This was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it was really nice because I've heard good things about yourself, and I've obviously worked with Sakaki and met with him too. So the fact that you reached out, I've a was touched and honored because I don't really feel that my opinions are very important or v- should like oh. be sought after to listen oh, to. You. So <laughs> it's always very appreciative when someone wants to like hear your commentary on like popular titles or things that I'm at least p- somewhat passionate about. I wouldn't say I'm as big a passionate because like there are other things that I have to focus on more so but i really like i i don't generally get super emotional with like reliving old stuff that i used to watch but something about hearing the old dub closing theme of dragon ball and seeing like bulma's like youthful optimism and face watch as the rain comes down and then like at the end when it's just that one strand of water that drips down it just i was tearing up like i was like holy crap man i can't believe what i'm doing right now it's so amazing i love it absolutely love it
1: it's a it's a it's a good ending
2: it, it really was but it's just it, it was the lyrics too that probably did it too like magic can happen to you it's like yeah magic that's dragon can ball. Happen to you. yeah <laughs> like i w- w- i
1: you know i never watched dragon ball and toonami for whatever reason i i don't know if i just kind of fell off of cartoon network altogether around that point but the very few times i would be on cartoon network i would like change the channel and I I I have vivid memories of like changing the channel to Cartoon Network right when like the ending theme for like this or Yu Yu Hakusho would come up, and I'd be like, right. oh, oh, "Oh, this is kind of a neat song," but like I never I never watched the shows on TV, which is really weird. I would always catch it at the end. So I, yeah. so I I I have memories of like listening to like the last ten seconds of both songs, uh, or whatever <laughs> is fun.
2: But um, yeah, I'm super thankful, Toonami played the og dragon ball even though z was their bread and butter i'm like so thankful for that i cannot express how thankful i am that i got to experience that
3: i mean i definitely it was definitely a thing where it was just like oh well you like dragon ball i mean dragon ball's a big deal so let's run i mean they could have easily have decided well i mean there's a lot obviously there's a lot of stuff they'd have to cut
1: to make this work and all of this and but it was worth it because dragon ball z was at the time, the biggest fucking thing to ever be on Cartoon Network, so.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I was kind of alluding to is the fact that, yeah, they probably ran it in concert with Dragon Ball Z because they knew that that was a big deal. And even if people were just like, I don't really like this Dragon Ball as much, you're going to get people that just hear the name Dragon Ball and come running. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah.
2: And it gave us GT. God bless. They gave us GT. Thank you so much. For, for some reason, they <laughs> did, yeah. I deal with it all the time But I actually legitimately enjoy GT I was in fact re-watching it a couple of days ago And I was like, ugh, this is my childhood Once a week, every Friday I just want to
1: put it out there I, I do not judge anybody for liking GT That's totally great If anything, I'm jealous that people like GT more than me Because that means you get something out of it more than I do <laughs> I'm, I'm, But that's not going to stop me from endlessly uh, making side comments about it or trashing on it whenever i can um exactly th- and, mm-hmm. and, and watch when we get when we get to dragon ball gt eventually on the show i'm i'm probably gonna like like it or something and i'll probably become it's one of his biggest fans it sometimes it happens um but anyway uh, we, we should probably definitely end the show but uh, again I, I really can't thank you enough cj for coming on and uh and you know what, like you're more than welcome to come back on. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll find a place for you to come back on. Eventually, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that off mic. But I I'm,
2: I'm more than happy to have you back on in the future. So I'm absolutely honored and I would love to come again. Anytime there's a world martial arts tournament, you got me. You absolutely I love them so much. I just <laughs> oh, the watching my boy Goku go for a title. You know, it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, I need it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Who knows? Maybe he gets it in this first one. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, if, I guess I guess we'll see.
3: Magic can happen to you. <laughs> 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 but yes, it was great to. It, I mean, of course, like CJ said, we've worked together, so it was, it was fun to be. Uh, we really don't podcast as much as we should, and I know that's partially know. my fault.
2: But it makes me sad. But I, like I said, that's why it, I would be more than willing to jump on as a guest for this one because this is just like. I love Dragon Ball. So, like, it's easy. It's absolutely easy it's to It's an hop easy sell. Right yeah, exactly. Um, very.
1: Now we just got to get you on just a Gintama podcast. Uh, anyway. Hey. Um But uh, and, until the next time you come on, I mean, you know, uh, I guess uh, now that we're wrapping up, why
2: don't you uh, let the good people know where they could find you? Oh, of course. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at CJ Mafferis. Uh, I am the editor-in-chief at Toonami Faithful. So... Any type of written article, I usually have a hand in making sure that it comes out as nice as it can be. I'm not perfect, obviously, but I do my best. Uh, I do all different types of editorials, reviews. I'm currently doing weekly reviews for Cartoon Network's new original, Fena Pirate Princess. Definitely check it out. Uh, First two episodes were slaps. They're really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see how the series goes, and I hope you guys take a chance to and I mean the listeners uh, as much I hope they also have a chance to check it out as well because we're coming into a new age where a lot of people are producing their own stuff and I like it I like it a ton so that's where you can find me Uh, I don't do anything else so it's just pretty much Toonami Faithful I am Mr. Toonami Faithful right now (laughs) (laughs) I mean please go follow CJ and definitely
1: go check out uh, the wonderful content at the Tsunami Faithful. Read their articles. Listen to the Tsunami Faithful podcast. I don't listen as much as I should, just because, admittedly, I'm I'm not as into Tsunami as I used to. But I do try to listen at least every once in a while. Aren't you doing like five podcasts
2: too? Like, I totally get that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Strangely enough, for as many podcasts as I'm involved in, that does not keep me from listening to about uh, probably I don't I don't even know how many I'm listening or keeping up with at the moment. Probably a lot. <laughs> um, pr- pr- probably double the amount of like what I'm on, but anyway, um, yeah, please, please go follow CJ and show him some love. Um, but Sakaki, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Uh, you can
3: find me at WSS Talkback on Twitter, which is where we talk about Just Shonen Sunday, which is not related to Dragon Ball at all, but there are lots of good things in there. And we go through, we are different from the other magazine Twitters that you might see out there because we go through the whole magazine of Shonen Sunday every week and that's a whole day ordeal. So, please, please, please plat my ass. Please. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, no, I have a lot of fun with it. So, th- definitely check that out. And uh, we're also on wsstalkback.blogspot.com. And we have translations of interviews, which, like, Sunday, like, artist or editorial. Um, the reviews on English manga releases and other things. Like, most recently we did, I wrote a... Uh, review of just the OdaCon when I went there and the experience of having and what Sunday things happened there. And as I always say on these podcasts, if you are into Shonen Sunday series, they don't have to be currently running. They don't have to be currently serialized. They could have been a million years ago. They only have to be in Shonen Sunday. It can be in any shogaku um related magazine. Please, by all means, come and write for us or give us your experience because we are always looking for new people to talk about uh, shogaku this and Shonen Sunday. Uh, besides that, you can also find me on Tonami Faithful. I do write editorials on there, and I know I should probably start thinking of what I want to write next. <laughs> but, um, that's another thing place you can find me, uh, as well as on podcasts with my buddies Marion and V-Lord at D Slayer Podcast. It's a Dem- Demon Slayer Podcast, which is probably our most popular one. Um, we're, I'm also on Shaggy, That's on Twitter, at SatNightShoggy, which is the Khan related podcast, which... I guess it's more or less affiliated with Weekly Shogakukan Edition. And then I'm also on a Shaman King pod over Soul Shaman King podcast with Marion and V Lord, where we talk about, obviously, Shaman King. Besides that, oh, right. And you can find me at my personal Twitter, at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. And that's my personal one. Lately, I'm trying to find more things to talk about on there. So it's like not just a dead Twitter where I used to retweet my other stuff. Which is hard because I've been super busy at work lately, so I've been really kind of slacking on that. But if you feel like you want to get to know me better, I'm not sure why. (laughs) You could go follow Kiribon.
1: All right, Uh, definitely go follow Sakaki and all of his stuff as well. Uh, Follow both of them for me. Nobody else, like I don't know. Do it for me. (laughs) Do it for her. Um, Do it for them. Uh, But I I guess as for me, I'm Colton. Uh, You could find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Uh, Like CJ mentioned, I'm involved in so many other podcasts that I'm not going to go over all of here. Uh, You can just find links to all of them, whatever I'm hosting or producing, over at my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. Basically, I have a page dedicated with links to basically whatever I'm doing at the moment, uh, even stuff I've done in the past, uh, as well as like guest spots and other podcasts. I try to keep that as up to date as possible. Um, so, yeah, if you want to listen to literally any of my other stuff, uh, I, I also podcast about Gintama over at Just a Gintama podcast, as well as uh, Detective Conan uh, or Case Closed, whatever you want to call it, over at uh, One Podcast Prevails. You know, if you're interested in anything else that I love besides Dragon Ball, uh, you, you, could, you could basically find links to my, again, my other podcast, again, at my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. But as for Another Day, Another Adventure, the podcast you're listening to right now. You know what? If you want the latest updates on this podcast in particular, you want to follow us on Twitter at Pod. Uh, again, latest updates on the podcast over there. We'll let you know when, when new episodes are up on our public feeds and our Patreon feeds. Uh, speaking of our public feeds, if for some reason you're not, uh, you should really subscribe to us over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically wherever you listen to podcasts. But especially on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a rating or a review or both, uh, it really helps the visibility of our show. And just in general, we'd love getting feedback from you guys about uh, about how we're doing and how you love the show or hate the show. You know, it doesn't matter. I We just we, we just we, we want your guys's feedback, you know, love it or hate it. But again, we're on so many different podcast platforms. But if you're already listening to us on our public feed, guess what? I got good news for you. You can go to patreon.com slash manga mavericks, which over at our $3 tier, if you sign up for that tier in particular, you can get the latest five episodes of our podcast before they're up on our public feed. That's five new episodes of this podcast that you have not listened to. Uh, If you want to know what we think about the rest of this tournament, again, go to patreon.com slash manga mavericks, sign up for our $3 tier, get the rest of this podcast. Once again, that's at patreon.com slash manga mavericks. Um, send us an email over at another at gmail.com if you want to send in an email and have us read it on the show, just like we did at the top of this episode. Uh, you know, what did you think about these episodes of the show? Uh, what do you think about any past episodes we, of the show we've talked about, or any even any future episodes we haven't gotten to yet? We'll save it for when we get to those. We, we want to hear what you guys think about Dragon Ball as well. And we want to talk about your thoughts on the air. Again, that's at dbpod at gmail.com. And yeah, I think that's going to be about it for the episode. Um, once again, special thanks to CJ for coming on. And uh, we look forward to uh, coming back on the show again to talk about episodes 23 to 25. Uh, basically, once again, continuing the tournament. And with, with not only just one but two special guests we're having two two special guests two new guests on the next episode I'm very excited I genuinely don't know when the next episode of this podcast of that uh, of this that comes up where it's just going to be me and Sakaki that's how many guests have lined up so I'm really <laughs> excited we're not going to be alone for a while but I hate to tell you um, <laughs> but yeah again that's what you can look forward to next time and uh, yeah I guess until then guys we'll see you guys another day for another adventure.